Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is live from home and live from the sanctuary. Shabbat Shalom. I'm Sandy Levine. Welcome. We are live from our home, and we are joining everyone who's gathered through the RSVP system in the sanctuary today. We've got the worship team with uh, Rabbi Sanina and Rabbi Yuri leading us in worship. We've got the Cantrell ministry as well. It's gonna be a wonderful time. I wanna welcome all of our podcast listeners from around the world, all our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue members. This is Yom Shabbat on Saturday, August 22nd, 2020. And this morning, the Corsians will lead us in Hebrew prayers together with the Cantors, and then we'll have worship and we will pray God's blessing over all of you today. We'll study the scriptures together too. Please click the share button on this Facebook post and invite your Facebook friends to join us. And as we get ready to worship, let's thank the Lord for Shabbat, that we can be together and with the Lord to enter into his rest and to be refreshed. So from Sandy and me, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Now let's welcome the Korshans live from the sanctuary. Well, good morning and Shabbat Shalom. It is an absolute blessing to be gathered here in person and online, and I can't emphasize this enough. It is it just, it's so good to be home. It's been a while. But if you will now please join me as we enter into worship through our Hebrew prayers as we bless the Lord for this amazing, beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this time together, and thank you for being here together at Beth Israel. So please join me. Bless the Lord, the Blessed One. Blessed is the Lord, the Blessed One, for all eternity. Baruch et Adonai HaMevorach Baruch Adonai HaMevorach Le'olam Va'ed And the blessing of Messiah, where we give thanks unto God for saving us through Messiah Yeshua, the only name by which we are saved. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. Amen. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Natan Lanu Ederek HaYeshua BeMashiach Yeshua Amen. And the Veshamru, which gives us the scriptural basis for us gathering here and online on this Shabbat. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Israel. 
Claiming the Shema, we do so by facing the east, and we have placed an Israeli flag to indicate the direction of east. For those of you that are here in the sanctuary, and for those of you at home, always remember this, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. I will now give you a moment to quiet yourselves, as the Shema means to listen, to obey, and to reflect on the oneness of our God. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malchut Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. Vehahafta. Et Adonai Elohecha, Bechol Levacha, Bechol Nafshacha, Ubechol Mehodecha, Vehayu Advarim Haile, Asher Anochi, Metzachav Hayom, Al Levavecha, Beshinatam Levanecha, Veti Bartambam. Beshivtacha bevatecha, Ulechtacha vaderek, Ushachbacha, Uvikumecha, Ushartam leot, Ayadecha, Vehayula totafot beanecha, Uftaptam amezozo betecha, Uvisharecha. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and have these words, which I command you this day, be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, 
and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you retire, and when you arise. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house, and upon your gates. Yeshua says that that is the greatest commandment that he has given us. For it's how we are to have our daily walk, our relationship with the Lord, day by day, every single moment of our lives. Yeshua then goes on to give us the second greatest command, which is how we show that love unto others, being there for them in both in person when we can, and especially in prayer, especially during these times. Would you now please join me for the vow? Ve'ahavta l'orecha kamocha, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you now please join me for the avot. Blessed are you, Lord our God, and God of our fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, the great, mighty, and awesome God, the Most High God, who bestows grace and creates all, and remembers the kindnesses of the fathers, and brings a Redeemer to their children's children, for his name's sake, with love. O King, Helper, Savior, and Shield, blessed are you, O Lord, Shield of Abraham. there's a line in the avot that always sticks out to me that he brings a redeemer to their children's children and oh how he is still redeeming us today amen if you now please join me for the giverah you O lord are mighty forever you raise the dead you are mighty to save you sustain the living with grace resurrect the dead with abundant mercy uphold the falling Heal the sick, set free those in bondage, and keep faith with those that sleep in the dust. Who is like you, master of mighty deeds? And who can compare to you, king, who causes death and restores life and makes salvation sprout? And you are faithful to resurrect the dead. Blessed are you, O Lord, who resurrects the dead. Oh, 
Shabbat Shalom Mishpacha. It's so good to be together. It's so good to worship the Lord together as one heart, as one soul, as one family.
Amen. This is exciting. Thank you, Rebbe Zanina, for leading us in, in worship. It's wonderful 
to be together. And I want to say hello to everybody who's in the sanctuary. Shabbat Shalom to all of you. Can you say Shabbat Shalom back to us? I heard it. Wonderful. That's really exciting. We have a, a camera that allows us to see the sanctuary from the Bema. And also you're able to see us live from home on the projector screen. We're live right now. And we're very excited. And Rabbi Yuri is going to join us on screen in just a moment. And we are just so excited that we can have this first of the RSVP general attendance services back at the synagogue. It's wonderful to have live from the sanctuary as well as live from home. And we're streaming live as well all over the world. Special greetings to all of our international friends. And um, Rabbi Yuri, are you able to join us as well? Can we pull that off? Rabbi Yuri's there. Okay, we're on together. Shalom, Shabbat Rabbi Shalom, Yuri. Rabbi Yuri. Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi Yuri. <laughs> Rabbi Yuri is saying hello to, to Rabbi Yuri on the projector <laughs> screen. Shalom, Rabbi David. Good to see you. <laughs> you too, Rabbi. It, it's a great day. Thank you for all you've done and the, the work that the whole team has put into this. I know everybody who's there in the sanctuary is really happy to be there. Can you sense the joy? <laughs> Hallelujah. And, you know, we're following safety protocols with social distancing and a variety of other things, including masks or face shields. Some people are more comfortable with the face shield, gives you a little bit more room to breathe. Um, but both are, are good in protecting everybody together, showing love to each other. It is so great that everybody can be there. And those of you who are part of the Mishpocha who want to attend these, make sure that you send in your um, waiver form, and also that we know that you want to come so that um, we can include you in the RSVP list. And then please, please respond when we send uh, the notice to you about you coming and taking your turn. But it's very exciting. This is a wonderful day. It's, it's a great day. I'm excited, aren't you, Rabbi Yuri? Yeah, thank you so much. You're very good. Very unusual to see myself on the screen from here. I mean, it's kind of Three Rabbi Yuri's in the same place. And so, yeah, thank you, Rabbi David. Yeah, it's a very excited moment, excited time. And I'm so happy to see your smiles. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful smile. You can see each other. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> really, this is great. <laughs> so um, this, this is one more step in our process of connecting with everybody during these unusual times. And we're so grateful to everyone who's making this possible. Thank you for everyone who's been involved. So many hands have joined together, so many hearts, and people have put a lot of work into this and will continue to put work into it. So uh, in, in the next few weeks, we'll have some information for you about our high holiday services. We're working on those details and how we're gonna pull that off as well, given the, um, the current situation. But this is really a great time. Right now, we just, we just want to take a moment to receive our offerings for all of you who are um, continuing to support the synagogue. Now, those of you in the sanctuary, no offering basket's going to be passed around. Rather, you can put your 
your tithes and offerings, if you bring them personally, you can put them, put them in the Dropbox or one of the other designated locations after the service. This is a contactless service as we're following all the protocols. But I want to thank everybody for their faithful and their continual giving with generosity and cheerfulness, and also those who are giving support for the extra costs associated with the disinfecting processes that we will be using and the JSO security as well. Your sacrificial giving, as well as your tithes and offerings really make a difference. Those of you who are watching and, and not present, you may want to consider joining us financially. You can find out all the information about how to support us at bethisraelnow.com giving. And you can get the information about our two online giving platforms, Giving Fire and PayPal. They're very safe and easy to set up. You can also find our mailing address for checks and for your bank bill pay services. So we are very, very excited for this time together. And we just want to thank the Lord for continuing support. Lord, thank you for your provision, for your goodness to us. In the name of Yeshua, we lift up everybody, Lord, in this congregation who is facing health issues, those who are mourning, those who are battling COVID-19 themselves or in their families, everyone who's recovering from surgery. We pray also for all the folks who are having financial or job challenges during this season, all the young people who have started classes this week. And Lord, we remember that 60 years ago on this weekend, Axe Handle Saturday, August 27th, 1960, when axe-wielding racists in Jacksonville beat up young Blacks who were engaged in a peaceful, nonviolent sit-in. And we just pray, Lord, for healing for our congregation, for our city. We pray for comfort. We pray for recovery and for provision. And we pray, Lord, that you would pour out the peace that surpasses all understanding. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. So thank you for your continuing support. And now let's turn our attention to Rabbi Yuri, who is going to share with us from the scriptures. Thank you, Rabbi David. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. So good to see you here. So good to see you here. And again, I mean, your smiles are so good. They're white, black, uh, uh, blue smiles. I mean, the color of uh, masks. Yeah, but I can see your eyes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone who is online for you participating. Thank you so much for this moment. Thank you, Rabbi David, for sharing very good word for, with us. Thank you very much for your faithfulness to the Lord. Please keep faith. Uh, follow the Lord with all your heart. It's a beautiful time to follow the Lord, actually. So I would like to share uh, today uh, from today's uh, Parsha Shaftim, Judges, and if you have Bibles with me, please uh, open with me. So I so much get used to the web camera, so I'm just trying to uh, readjust to see your faces and real Bibles and real uh, people here. So today I want to speak about a very important topic for me personally, and this is one of the most important for my heart, for my life, in my life, for many, many years already. The Messiah in the Scriptures. This is something so important for me personally. At some point in my service to God, I realized how important it is for us as Messianic believers to find the Messiah in the Torah, in the prophets, and in the scriptures. It is critical important for us. 
so that our faith is confirmed not only by the words of people around us, not that somebody told us that Yeshua the Messiah, nor by teaching of the sages and our traditions, but on our knowledge of the scriptures. This is the basis of our faith, knowledge of the scriptures. The Torah, prophets, scriptures, the new covenant are the only source of our faith. The only source of our faith. The foundation of the life of every believer. Without scriptures, we, we can't keep trust to God. We can't keep faith with Him. Therefore, and it's very important to remember, everything that stands between the Bible and you, the Bible and me, no matter how beautiful it looks, no matter how knowledgeable and wise it may seem to me, can lead away from real and pure faith in God. If anything stands between you and scriptures, it is a very dangerous situation. You need to put your faith on the scriptures, on the basis of the Bible. Messianic believers are called, we are called to always maintain our trust in the scriptures and pass this on from generation to generation. Ledor Vador. This is our calling, to pass the faith of the scriptures to our children and children of our children. One of the passages from the Bible that always inspires me to talk about Yeshua is in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is one of my favorite, actually all Bible favor for me, but this place is very special. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, from first verse. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom. Sometimes I feel myself the same way. My English is not so advanced as uh, probably the majority of you here, but it's important to remember that Rabbi Shaul said the same. I did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom proclaiming to you the mystery of God, for I decided not to know about anything among you except Yeshua the Messiah and Him crucified. Can you imagine? This is Apostle Paul. Rabbi Shaul, known in the Christian world as the Apostle Paul, a Pharisee by faith. He was a Pharisee by faith. Who was a close disciple of Gamaliel, Gamaliel the famous teacher of the Torah, one of the authors of the Passover Agada, of the Passover Seder, had a very extensive knowledge of the traditions of his people, but he decided to preach the Messiah because only the Messiah is the path, the truth, and the life. The path, the truth, and the life. By the way, I would like to tell you a little bit about Gamliel, the teacher of Rabbi Shaul. It's very important. He was the famous teacher of the Torah, and because scripture is a historical book, we can find uh, history and uh, life of Gamliel in different places, different sources. And because Gamliel taught the Apostle Paul to love the truth and to study the scriptures with a pure heart, and I want to read it for you, it's very important to remember. Because Rabbi Shaul, he speaks about his teacher, about Gamliel. He speaks in the scriptures. Acts chapter 22, verse 3, if you can open with me. Acts chapter 22, 
verse 3. So Rabbi Shaul, Apostle Paul, he speaks from himself. I am a Jewish man born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel. He's not ashamed of Gamaliel. He's saying boldly, I brought here and raised at the feet of Gamaliel. Trained strictly according to the Torah of our fathers, being zealous for God just as all of you are today. Rabban Gamaliel Hazaken, or Gamaliel the Elder, was a leading authority in the Sanhedrin, the highest court in Jerusalem. In the early 1st century AD, Gamaliel was one of the authors of the Passover Agada, or Passover Seder, the Order of Passover. He was the son of Simeon ben Hillel and grandson of the great Jewish teacher Hillel the Elder, who was one of the founders of Talmud. So Rabbi Shaul was the closest disciple of the most famous teacher at that time in whole Israel and whole Jewish world. And until now, his name mentioned many times in Talmud. Every time when we read about uh, Gilel Sandwich, do you remember Gilel Sandwich and Passover Agada? This came from this rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel. It was his idea. He spoke about his grandfather and about his sandwich. Matzah and haroset and, you remember, okay, bitter, bitter roots. So, why it's important? Rabbi Shaul, Apostle Paul, it's important for us to remember. It is important for us to remember. His faith doesn't come from anything or anywhere. It's important to remember. Rabbi Shaul, Apostle Paul, who was an author of the 13 books of the New Testament, was the closest student of Rabbi Gamliel and learned from the him the Torah and prophets. It is so good to know. And he decided, Rabbi Shaul decided, all his life to know Yeshua, to dedicate himself to know Yeshua. First Corinthians chapter 2, again. For I decided, with all his knowledge, with everything he had, I decided not to know about anything else among you except Yeshua the Messiah and him crucified. I don't think he uh, take away his knowledge of the law or traditions, no. The main idea, he, he was looking, he was fighting the Messiah, the Yeshua, in the Torah, in the scriptures. He decided to put all his life to find Messiah there. It is important for us to do so. I want to read from Acts chapter 17, verse 2. And very interesting place, actually. A uh, couple places. Verse 2 and also verse 10. As was his custom, Paul went to the Jewish people. Why? Because he was Jew. He came to his people, he came to his nation to talk about the Messiah in the Torah, in the Tanakh. And for three Shabbatot, he debated the scriptures with them. He opened them and gave evidence that Messiah had to suffer and rise from the death, saying, This Yeshua, whom I declare to you, is the Messiah. So, what scriptures he debated with them? I have a question. You know that Brita Hadashah, New Testament, was not written at that time. 
They went into Torah. They went into prophets. And they debated about the Messiah there. And he showed them truth about Messiah from the scriptures. It is so cool. It's so good. It's so beautiful. Verse 10. As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas, or Silas to Berea. Upon arrival, they made their way to the Jewish synagogue. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. Please be careful how they were more noble-minded. Because they received the message with goodwill, searching the scriptures each day to see whether, whether these things were true. Therefore, many of them believed they put their goodwill, good heart to find, to study the scriptures, to find Yeshua, as well as quite a few prominent Greek women and men. So I have a question. Why many of them believed? What was the reason? Because they searched the scriptures with good will, with open heart, with good open mind, without agenda. You know how, how bad it is to have a wrong agenda when you're trying to search the scriptures? When you don't want to see Messiah there. You read obvious places about him, but if you have a wrong agenda, or you re read some very difficult books about it, you will try to escape Yeshua from the scriptures. But if you have open heart, open mind, and good will to find Messiah there, you will find him. You will find him. This is why many of them believed. It was religious Jewish people and Greeks who came to hear the gospel, hear the good news. So Rabbi Shaul was knowledgeable in the scriptures. And he was able to show Yeshua the Messiah in the Tanakh. Why it's important for me? I don't know how about you. I believe the same. But when I'm able to find the Messiah in the Tanakh, in the Torah, with Moses, with, with Abraham, with, with Isaac, with Jacob, my faith and my joy is rising up to the skies like a rocket. At the moment when I find Yeshua there with Moses, oh, I can say I'm a believer. I believe, I trust you, Lord. You are here. You are there and you are with me. I need to see the Messiah personally. I love to read about him in the times of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Elijah. I believe every one of us need to be able to build our faith and trust in the Lord on the foundation of the Bible. This is the only foundation for us. You know this famous place of scriptures in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And I want to tell you two translations here. So faith comes from talking, <laughs> gossiping, <laughs> walking, sleeping. <laughs> faith comes from hearing, hearing and hearing by the word of God and stern translation and other translation sometimes saying the word of Messiah. You know why? Because all the Bible, this is the scriptures of Messiah. He gave it, Messiah gave it to Moses. It was him, Yeshua the Messiah. It's a beautiful thing. 
So with this in mind, let's read from today's Torah portion, Parshat uh, Shaftim. I want to, I have seven more pages, so let's go into Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 1. You are not to sacrifice to deny your God a bull or a sheep that has a defect or anything bad. For that would be an abomination to Adonai your God. So based on that scripture, the sacrifice should be perfect without any spot or defect. Can you see it here? The same in Numbers 28.3. You shall offer unto the Lord two lambs of the first year without spot, without spot, without any defect. So it seems to me the Lord is pretty big on perfection of the sacrificial animal. He leaves no room for deviation, not even a spot. Everything's supposed to be perfect to present it to the Lord. So why it is so important to the Lord? I thought about it a lot, and I came to a conclusion for me. I don't think the Lord does not accept our worship at home. I don't think so. Where we don't have a good voice or sense of rhythm. Sometimes when I sing too loud, I disturb myself. <laughs> Who it is? <laughs> but I don't think the Lord doesn't hear the imperfect prayer. I don't think that. You know why? He loves imperfect prayers because he loves imperfect people. He loves us with our mistakes and all our imperfections. The same way we love our children. He's our father. He loves us so much. I believe he wants to show something much more deeper in this place of scripture. What? 1 Peter 1.19 But with the precious blood of the Messiah as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So can you imagine? The people were to always bring the sacrifice into the temple. And it was a picture the picture of the perfect sacrifice that Yeshua was to become. This is why it was important to bring blemish, pure sacrifice. Because it was a picture of future sacrifice of Messiah, of the Messiah in Jerusalem, in the Golgotha. The Mishkana, tabernacle of Moses, and the temple was a constant reminder for all Israel. Messiah is coming, and he is holy and blameless wow it's important to remember how wonderful our messiah Yeshua is he died for us he loves us so much from all his heart though we did not able to and not deserve and will never be able to pay him back he loves us so much our hearts belong to him he's our savior and our love our master and our king so I have so much more to say, but I don't, don't, don't want to take more time. I want to say that this is the idea of the sacrifice. And this is how important it was to sacrifice in the temple. Though the blood of the animal was not able to clean the sins of people. But it was the picture of the blameless Messiah who was to come. It was the picture. The sacrifices in the temple were to were the road map to come in salvation and they're supposed to be perfect because Yeshua, the Lord, Son of God, who became the sacrifice for us all. 
He is perfect without any sin and any defect. So thank you so much for this time and I'm so happy that we can be together with you in this Shabbat. And let's welcome Rabbi David. Rabbi David. Thank you, Rabbi Yuri. I want to continue with this theme about the importance of the scriptures for us. This week marked the beginning of the month of Elul on the Jewish calendar, the Hebrew lunar month, which precedes the high holidays, uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, as well as Sukkot and Simchat Torah. Elul is a month of preparation. It's a time to prepare for the high holidays when we stand before God and we give an account for ourselves. So it is a time of self-examination, a time of searching our souls, and a time also of peace-seeking, of seeking peace with God and with our fellow men and women. So it's a time of honesty and humility before God and before each other. And it raises the question, what frame of reference do we use to examine ourselves? Some people use their sense of guilt. If they feel guilty about something around the holidays, then that's what they focus on. Others reflect back on the resolutions that they made at New Year's or um, during the holidays, the prior year, and they consider what did they accomplish? What did they not? But I want to continue with the theme that Rabbi Yuri is speaking on, which is that we can examine ourselves, not just according to guilt or personal resolutions or our sense, our personal conscience or what's um, going on all around us, but we can examine ourselves in the light of the scriptures and in the light of our personal relationship with God. These two work together, the scriptures and the personal relationship with God. They give us a basis for examining ourselves. And I think it's important to remember that we can't just read the scriptures without regard for a personal relationship with scriptures, though with God. Though the scriptures are interesting on their own, they are given to us by God. They're meant to help us know God and to draw close to him. And the first lesson of scriptures is that there is a God. The first line of Genesis, Barashit bara Elohim et Hashemayim ba'et Ha'aretz. In the beginning, God created out of nothing the heavens and the earth. He created us. He created the entire universe, the world in which we live, and we're to draw close to Him, and we're to separate ourselves, to resist all things that would keep us away from God. We're to deal with everything that causes division between us and the Lord. So a real key to this life of faith is to have that ongoing relationship with God and for it to include worship and prayer, scripture study, as well as action, service and ministry to God and to people and fellowship with God's people in the community of faith. Congratulations, Mazel Tov to everyone who's in the sanctuary today. Will you say Mazel Tov to all of us together? Mazel Tov. Congratulations, it's wonderful that the um, congregation can gather in this fashion. If, if we want to have true north for our spiritual and moral compass, we need to draw close to the Lord, and we need to be devoted to the scriptures. This week's Torah portion speaks about the important place that the scriptures have for Israel's king, kings, and it's a great lesson for us. Would you turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy 17? verses 18 through 20. And those of you who are in the sanctuary, if you've got your Bibles with you, can you hold them up? I'd love to see them and just wave them at me. Yay! Yay, all of you who brought your scriptures with you. Deuteronomy 17, verses 18 through 20. When the king has come, 
to occupy the throne of his kingdom, he's to write a copy of this Torah for himself in a scroll from the one that the Kohanim, the high priest, and the Levaim, um, the Levites are to use, that they use. He's to make a handwritten copy himself onto a parchment scroll. And his um, what he copies is one of the trusted scrolls which the priests and the Levites have. Let's continue in verse 19. It's to remain with him, this scroll that he has handwritten, and he's to read in it every day. Oh, that's an important idea. As long as he lives, so that he will learn to fear Adonai his God, keep all the words of this Torah and these laws and obey them. So that, verse 20 says, so that he will not think he's better than his kinsmen, and so that he will not turn aside either to the right or to the left from the commandments, from the mitzvot. In this way, he will prolong his own reign and that of his children in Israel. So this requires an investment of time and effort. It can't be done without making this a priority. Just to have the time to copy this is so important. But it's not just a matter of copying. It's a matter of reading every day. In order to get that kind of time, we have to choose our priorities very carefully and focus on what's important. I think when we do that, it delivers us from the tyranny of the urgent. Many times urgent things take up our time and our attention, but they really don't have lasting eternal significance and they don't even have real importance to us on many occasions. So to read from the scriptures every day, what does that take? It takes a habit. It takes patterns that become routine. Now, it starts with discipline, and that requires commitment. But it can't just stay a matter of discipline. It has to become that kind of dis discipline that's internalized and incorporated and becomes just part of your everyday who you are. Now, let's look at one phrase, so that, that appears three times in this passage from uh, David Stern's Complete Jewish Bible Translation. Three times it says, so that. The first so that is this, so that he will learn to fear the Lord and so that he will learn to obey the Lord in keeping what is written in the Torah. You see, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and learning to obey is really important to learn and to do, not just to hear, but to be a hearer and a doer. Now, the second so that is an interesting one, so that he won't think he's better than his kinsmen. This means that the king has to embrace humility and he has to have a view that all of the others around him, his kinsmen, have equal standing before God. He is not special or different in this regard. He has a special role in the government, in the society, but before God, he has equal standing. And that understanding can actually help us approach um, people of many different kinds and uh, backgrounds. When we understand that all people have equal standing before God, whether they're Jewish or not, whether they come from our ethnic group, our people group, whether they were born in our country or in another, whether they speak our language or not, whether they're rich or poor, young or old, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of their age, regardless of their uh, economic status, of their educational status, regardless of whether they have high status in society or not. Everyone has equal standing before God. When we understand that, 
it helps us approach people in a very different way. It's a kind of humility that helps us understand that whatever position God has given us in life is meant to be a position of service where we're honoring other people and we're lifting them up as well. And let's look at the final so that. It's so that he will not turn aside to the right or to the left. He'll go straight ahead, Yashar. He'll stay focused on the things of God, and he will learn continually from the scriptures. He will discover what the scriptures have to say. Now, not all of the kings of Israel were faithful to this, it's clear, because there were times when the Torah seemed to have just been put in a storage warehouse and forgotten times of renewal and recovery, restoration and revival of the Jewish people often were caused by the rediscovery of the Torah, the reading of the Torah, part of faith, and with a sincere desire to discover what God's will is. And that revival that followed was connected to the restoration of the place of the scriptures. You see, the scriptures equip us personally about how we can relate to God and also how we can relate to each other. They equip us so that we can benefit other people and serve God effectively. I think that's what 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 means when it says, all scripture is God-breathed, inspired by God. It's useful for instruction, for teaching us how to do things, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the men and women of God may be complete and fully equipped for every good work. You see, the scriptures equip us. And it also connects to, I think, an idea that Sandy shared with me this week from Proverbs 15:23. It says, a man or a woman has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. You see, when you are being filled up with the scriptures and the will of God is being revealed to you, you can speak to other people in a way that really refreshes them, that really helps them. The scriptures can be useful to you, but they can be useful through you to other people as well. And that requires that you spend time in the scriptures. Now, if any of you have ever received one of those do words in season from somebody else, if you're in the synagogue, could you raise your hand and let me just see if, if anybody's ever had a word from the Lord that built you up. It, it was like at just the right time, just wave at me. Let me see you. Yeah. Many of you are confirming this. You've had that experience where someone else through their fellowship with the Lord, received something, and they gave a due word and season to you and how good it was, how useful it was. Thank you for confirming that. This week's Haftor portion from Isaiah mentions a point of focus for each of us in ministry. It's the call to share good news with other people. And it's not just for clergy, it's not just for rabbis, for pastors, it's not just for preachers or evangelists or for people who are outgoing, even shy people are called to this. Isaiah 52 is uh, the reading, verses 7 through 8. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, proclaiming shalom, bringing good news of good things, announcing salvation and saying to Zion, your God is king. Listen, your watchmen are raising their voices. They're shouting for joy together, for they will see before their own eyes Adonai returning to Zion. You see, each of us is called by the good news 
to the good news. And we are called to spread the good news, to proclaim shalom, to bring good news of good things to other people, to announce salvation, to announce Yeshua, saying to Zion, your God is king, Elohayach Malach, or Malach Elohayach, your God reigns. Not just my God, but your God. Sometimes God will use you to encourage someone else who is having depression or they're going through a cloudy or a turbulent time. And they know you trust the Lord, but what you want to speak to them is your God reigns. Even when you're in the midst of trouble, your God reigns. Not just my God, your God, our God reigns. Central to this message of good news as Rabbi Yuri was sharing, is this fact, Yeshua is the Messiah. He is Adonai and he is Mashiach. I remember some years ago, I was talking to an Orthodox rabbi who was the um, common friend, the, mute, uh, the friend of uh, a friend of mine. And the three of us were together. And he said he just couldn't understand how I as a Jew could believe that Yeshua was the Messiah. And I said, it's worse than that. It's, I believe he's not only Messiah, he's Adonai. And you should have seen the rabbi's face. It was one of those times like, oi, how can you believe this? And I said, well, it's not a matter of whether I believe it or not. It's a question of whether it's true. And he said, oh, it can't be true. And I said, are you sure? And I, I pushed him on this question. And I said, are you sure that God could not come down and take on a human body and live among us and give up his human life for us as a sacrifice? Are you sure? And he said, no, no, it's impossible. And I said, well, let's ask this question. Are you sure that it's impossible? Because if it is, it means you've discovered the thing that God cannot do if he wants to do it. And this rabbi said to me, well, it's not impossible. And I laughed and I said, oh, now you're on dangerous territory. Now you're in trouble. Because if it's not impossible, it's only a question of fact. It's not whether you believe it or not. It's only a question of fact. Now, your relationship to that fact is very important. I said, but the truth is Yeshua is the Messiah. He is Mashiach and Adonai. That's the fact. And from our Brit HaDashah readings this week, we see it so clearly. It's in Mark chapter 14 verses 61 and 62. The high priest questioned Yeshua, are you the Mashiach, Ben Hamvarach, son of the blessed one? Are you Messiah, son of the blessed one? And Yeshua answered, I am. Moreover, he said, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of Hagavurah, the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. You see, this was a reference which the high priest understood to a passage in the uh, prophetic book of Daniel that described God in this very unusual form as one who's sitting on the throne and at the same time one is sitting next to him and there's one who's ancient of days and there is one who is like the son of man who looks like a man and yet it is God revealing himself manifesting himself in these multiple revelations of one God it's so powerful in the book of Daniel and so the the priests understood that. This was one of those occasions when Yeshua was asked this question very simply, are you the Messiah? And he answered it very thoroughly, I am. All the good news flows from this fact. And because it's a fact, it's not just someone's opinion, it's not just an abstract belief that, that some people will say, well, it's true for you. No, it's true in fact. 
And it's important that we know it's a fact because it gives us confidence. I think this can be wrapped up in a scripture that I shared this Wednesday from um, 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Let me read it to you. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence, confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we've asked from him. You see, this is an important idea. We don't just ask according to our will. We ask according to his will. How do we discover that? Well, when we have real confidence and security with the Lord, we, we also fellowship with him. We abide with him. We spend time with him. And we also allow his word to fellowship with us and to abide in us, to live in us. And, and this kind of relationship with God and with the scriptures given by God gives us confidence because it helps us discover what is the will of God. When you spend time with God, there'll be things that you want that you stop wanting because you find out God does not want those things. There will be things that you had ignored or never paid attention to and they become important to you because what becomes important through your relationship with God, through your love with him, and through your reading of the scriptures, what becomes important is what's important to him. You're not just driven to and fro. You're not just learning every wind of doctrine or what I like to say, every teaching spirit. You know, there are spirits out there that want to teach people. They're not from the Lord, but they have their own message and their own doctrines. You don't want to learn from them. And you don't want to just be tossed about in the storms, the... Um, the storms of life. You want to have stability in a relationship with God that's anchored in the truth of the scriptures and the reality of Yeshua will give you that stability and teach you how to pray. So let's make it a matter of our own priorities and prayer that we pray with humility this month and that we examine ourselves with humility and with honesty this month and that we seek God's peace for ourselves and for all the people around us. And let's receive a blessing from the Lord. It's something that I shared last night. I want to share it with you. I want each of us to be praying that we will test positive for God's shalom, that we'll be infected with his shalom, and that we will be contagious with shalom. What does it mean to test positive? It means you definitely have it. You see, if you have shalom from God, then you can give it away to other people. If you don't have it, you can't give it away. If you're infected, what does it mean that you've been touched deeply? And if you're contagious, what does that mean? That you can pass it on to other people and it just becomes natural to do it. So I want to pray for you right now. Lord, pour out your blessings on each of us. Bless us with your shalom, that we would test positive for your shalom. We would be infected with your shalom and we would be contagious with your shalom. We remember what Yeshua said, blessed are the peacemakers, the shalom makers, the shalom doers. They will inherit the earth. Well, this is a wonderful time that we've had together. I want to congratulate everyone who's joining us today live on Facebook and also those of you who are live from the sanctuary. We're so glad that you can be together. Sandy, would you join with me and Rabbi Yuri? And Rebbe Zanina, um, we want to bring you on screen again, and we are going to close with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. And Rabbi Yuri, 
is is at the bima sandy and i are live from home and rabbi yuri will will you lead us in aaron's blessing in hebrew yes thank you about that shalom rabbis and sandy shalom 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 <laughs> <laughs> so good so let's pray together Yahera Donai Panavelecha, Vihunecha, Isadonai Panavelecha, Vayasem Lecha, Shalom. May the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Sar Shalom, Yeshua our Messiah. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Congratulations on this wonderful time together. We love you. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.